your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey, this is Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. If you're just tuning in right now, we just played three songs, which all happen to come from Asian female artists. I freaking love that so much. Firstly, we played the song titled Flower, which comes from the Taiwanese female artist Aileen. And fun fact, she happens to be a singer that is of indigenous Taiwanese heritage, and she is part of the Amish people. And secondly, we then played the song titled Sad Girl, which comes from the one and only Veta Bourne. She is our local homegrown artist here in Australia. She is Filipino-Australian. And definitely check out her album. It's 11 out of 10. And lastly, we then played the song titled Like a Star. And this comes from the Taiwanese female artist Lala Shu. And this song in particular comes from her album titled Ke. And I guess in the sea of Asian female artists that we have been playing just now, it was a lot. I think we played like six in total before we came to our very first segment here on APN and it is definitely a very nice lead way into our final interview of the year oh my goodness I can't believe I've said that and I can't believe I'm going to be saying these next words as our final interview is with the one and only MXM Tune oh my gosh if you are not familiar with this artist you are gonna learn so much more about her amazing artistry her latest album Rising, as well as some stories here and there about her tour here in Australia, and just so much more. You are absolutely going to fall in love with her. So in the meantime, let's put our hands together for the one and only MXM2. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Nisha and Anishpa right here from Asian Pop Nation. And oh my goodness, right now we are joined by an incredibly special guest who I definitely cannot lie is very well loved among our APN team and also very well loved in, in, in my heart as well. Don't look at my Spotify rap. But right now we are joined by the one and only indie pop singer-songwriter Maya aka MXM Tune. Hi! Hey. Oh my god! <laughs> Hello! How are you going? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to sit and talk with you both. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. yeah. We've discussed this prior that we we're like, this is just going to feel like we're in like a Discord call or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So yes. it's the most <laughs> utmost chill, calm, casual vibes that you probably <laughs> would ever hear on radio and podcast for. Yeah, Sophie's is so surreal that you're like sitting right in front of me. <laughs> But just in my bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> in my school. Clearly, this is more important than my studies. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so welcome to Asian Pop Nation. I mean, I'm sure that we, me and Lisha are very super familiar with you. But for our, some of the listeners who don't really already know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my artist name is MXM Tune, but I also go by Maya, which is a little bit easier to pronounce and say. Um, but I'm a 22-year-old queer Asian artist from Oakland, California, and I currently live in Brooklyn, New York. So that's kind of the little brief summary. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, of course, we got to talk about all things music related. And I want to talk about your super duper, highly anticipated second studio <laughs> album called Rising. Thank which you. Which was released earlier this year. Congratulations on the Thank release, you. by the way. <laughs> Not to revise anything. I, I know Kaleidoscope was a bonus track <laughs> from the Deluxe, but that is like my favorite oh, song. So much. Yeah, I love it so much. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> yes, listeners, if you haven't listened to this album yet, what are you doing? Listen to Rising like right now. But after, of course, our first question that we wanted to ask, which I guess, what does 
this album rising mean to you personally? Yeah. So it was like a long process to kind of work on it, but it was also faster than I expected it to be. I think it was a big question going into making the album, figuring out like, what is the story that I'm going to be telling and what kind of style do I want to use? Because I started in a very acoustic realm with my early music of just playing my ukulele and singing with my voice. And I recorded all of it in my bedroom and I still do that process, but it was interesting to be able to make a record that was focused primarily on what I eventually decided to be on making a bunch of songs that my six-year-old self would really like to hear when I like first discovered music for the first mm-hmm. time and was dancing around with my Hello Kitty radio on full blast um, in my little bedroom. So for me, I think it was just like, it was really exciting to want to make an album that could speak to that side of myself and figure out what that meant. But yeah, it was like my first time making like really full-fledged pop songs um, Mm. which was a really interesting challenge (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and I was like when I took a listen to like the rising album I definitely see it as like a very strong like evolution in your discography yeah (laughs) like again you mentioned again you went more like the acoustic rap prior again your ukulele everyone knows like prom dress (laughs) of course but like again I think the genre that a lot of people I'm sure you heard many times is like bedroom pop Mm -hmm. and I think for a lot of people who like recognize their name in the past they kind of see it as like almost like the poster child of that genre <laughs> at one point. And I guess, again, you discuss how like this album rising is you're delving much more into having a more very well refined. Like, do you still feel like you identify with that genre or has this album kind of made you realize like maybe this is a great foundation and like obviously big part of um, your popularity and stuff like that. But maybe it's time to like shift into other like sounds and stuff. I think it definitely like pushed me to want to try something different. And I I do identify with the bedroom pop label still, I think really heavily just because I like the accessibility of that genre and how it allows for other people to envision making music in their lives and thinking about how you don't need to be in a studio and have a production assistant or whatever it is helping you make songs in order to make music. Like you can just record on your phone. And like literally before I started talking to you guys, I was playing on my ukulele sitting in my bed trying to write a song and recording it on my phone like there's so little kind of steps that you have to take which I really love about bedroom pop specifically but I think it was fun to to take a more kind of intricate approach that I didn't get to start with when I first Mm. started making music it's more of like you know testing the waters on that front and thinking okay I've done both sides of doing the lowest production value possible and then also doing the most production value I could ever do. And so kind of figuring out where do I want to be if if it's on one side or the other, mm. or if I want to find a middle ground moving on with the next music that I'm going to be working on. Mm-hmm. And then I guess alongside with that question, I'm like very curious with your future works and after releasing Rising, do you feel like you're going to be exploring more in like that middle ground that you mentioned? Or do you feel like after that album, you're like, maybe I want to explore more of like one of the other like I know what's the vibe I'm like still figuring that out but I think that I realized that I like really want to figure out how I can bring what I've learned from working on rising and doing the more built-out production that I got to like experience for the first time and then also the intimacy that I think was able to be born out of just having it be me in the writing spaces and just having it me be be me and my ukulele like I think that that's a really special like vibe I guess to have on the music and there's a way that I want to be able to bridge those two worlds into whatever project and songs I end up working on um, that I think I'm now able to verbalize and figure out now that I've had the experience of two polar opposite worlds 
Um, so yeah, I hope I can find a middle ground. I don't know what that sounds like yet, but I will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, earlier you said that when you were writing Rising, it was like you telling a story to your like, younger self. And I feel like that's why I can, when I was listening to it, I was like, I can resonate to this. I mean, I can relate <laughs> to it. If you asked me to pick a favorite song, it would be so hard for me. But I want to ask you, if you were to choose like one song and like recommend one song, what it would be and like why? Oh, that is a tough question. I think, oh, it changes like all the time because I listen to it back sometimes and I'm like, oh, I really like this song. I can't believe I wrote that and I released that. That's so cool. And then there's other ones where I'm like, wow, I can't believe I released that and wrote that. That's interesting. Like it just, they go in waves. I think that my favorite one right now that I would recommend to new listeners would probably be, oh my gosh. I think Mona Lisa is one of my favorite songs off that record. And I feel like it... (laughs) Uh, it's for you too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a really good introduction to kind of the evolution that happens on that record. Um, and it was the first single that we released off of the whole entire album, which I think was intentional. Um, and it remains one of my favorites still, even after the process of putting the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Same. I love Mona Lisa. <laughs> so good. Thank you. <laughs> I also wanted to like, I was very curious about this, that what really influences like your music? Is it mostly your like life experience or is it just you just see and you get influence I think it's actually like weirdly enough things that I haven't experienced are the things that inspire me like I I think I'm starting to write more from experience now that I am 22 and I've lived a little bit more life than I previously have lived but it's so funny because I listen back to the songs that I wrote when I was like 17 and they're all about these like things that I've actually never done before like falling in love or like dating somebody or kissing someone I'm like uh, girl, you have never lived that life experience before. Why are you writing a song about that? And now I'm like <laughs> writing music manif- for the first time. Manifesting. Yeah, right? manifesting. I was manifesting it at that point. But I think it's so funny. Like, I think it, it was interesting to start from a place where I was writing off of not knowing. And there was kind of a freedom in the obliviousness that I was like mm. experiencing and walking in. And now I'm like, I know things I've lived enough life to be like, Oh wait, maybe I shouldn't have written a song about that. Or like that experience isn't what I thought it was going to be. So there's a little bit more knowledge and like learned experience that goes into lyrics that I write. So I think I'm like transitioning between not knowing to the knowing and then also finding again, that middle ground of like, okay, how do I balance realism with the optimism and all the things that I used to write about and what I hope to write about in the future. Mm -hmm. And I definitely feel like, again, the rising album, like, I don't, I, I, I don't know if you give yourself, yourself enough credit. I feel like that album already like perfectly encompasses what you're saying you're trying to get at the moment. Oh, thank like, you. <laughs> it is like such a nice middle ground again with like what you mentioned, like realism, but also like, haha, life, life's good, guys. <laughs> like, I promise. <laughs> I swear, life, life can be pretty good. But also, I tried. <laughs> I had to manifest again. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a particular question in terms of one of these songs in the album plus another EP that you released in the past, I feel like these two, it can kind of like melt together in a question. So one of your songs in Rising, which is called Frown, actually comes attached with like a partnership with the webtoon Brass and Sass. And yes. of course, you also have an entire EP called True Colors. And that EP was for the video game Life is Strange True Colors, which yes, I did play through that entire game because <laughs> I saw that you were the singing voice for Alice Chen and I was like, Heck yeah, I'm downloading it ASAP. But I was just wondering, like, what is it like creating, like, music that in turn becomes, like, a part of these other, like, media forms, like webtoons and video games, for example? 
it's so cool because I think mm. first and foremost, like I'm a nerd. Like I just love other forms of content. I love video games. I've been playing the Life is Strange games for as long mm. as I can remember. I've been reading webtoons for as long as I can remember. Like to make music that can end up in the spaces that I haven't even dared to like dream about occupying, I think is so special and so affirming for me as somebody who never felt like my presence and my identity was welcomed in those places. And I think like to be in Life is Strange and to like help out with a character that is pushing the boundaries and putting new identities in spaces like Life is Strange, as much as I love it, was a historically very white story. And so to have a game that can have someone who is not only representative of my identity, but so many other people Mm -hmm. and open that door for more people. And to be part of that, it's just like, oh my God, how cool. Like to be a part of such evident change, I think is really, really cool. And to make songs that can be like a part of the soundtrack. I don't know. I Sometimes I, you know, I don't give myself enough credit, but to be able to do that sort of stuff, like I got to give myself a little pat on the back and be like, no, that's that's pretty cool. So I'm very happy with it. And so thankful that other people have given me the opportunities to keep doing that, um, like with Brass and Sass or like with Life is Strange. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree, especially with what you say about like Life is Strange and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think I like also share like the same emotions as well when playing um life is strange true colors specifically because i was like yeah alex yeah <laughs> bisexual asian queen yes. <laughs> yeah, i'll get i will get it in roman stuff but anyway, <laughs> only people play the game know what what the hell i just said <laughs> but, but yeah oh my gosh and then i guess you mentioned very lightly that you are a quote-unquote nerd (laughs) so i was just very curious if there were like any sort of like maybe like games or maybe like i don't film movies books that you've been very like into lately oh my gosh like everything i mean lately it's been a lot of overwatch 2 because it's like the new release that people are playing and i was a huge overwatch fan for the first game so i'm like really stoked that people are playing it again (laughs) so i'm just happy that my queue time is not like 20 minutes just to play a single game yeah Um, no i love (laughs) movies like i obsessed uh with watching i like have a monthly pass to my movie theater that's near me and i go like at least once a week it's a little embarrassing how often i'm there like they recognize me now which is not (laughs) something i'm entirely proud of but something i do a lot um i've been reading a lot i've started reading crying in h mart which is a book that i've been wanting to read for a long time it's written by the lead singer in japanese breakfast which is really cool yeah i don't know i just i think outside of music like it's been a big challenge for me in the last year or so to figure out what my interests are now that my hobby is my job so I've Mm. got to find some new hobbies that don't just exist around music so it's been (laughs) that's been my task yeah (laughs) gosh and I guess as someone who also plays Overwatch 2 I'm I'm also on the hype train (laughs) hey let's go let's go we discussed this a little bit off air but I wanted (laughs) to sneakily ask who do you main at the moment (laughs) Oh, right now I'm trying to learn Baptiste a little bit better because he, I think, is one of the best healers. Although, Mm. like, I play Mercy when I'm trying to relax, but I have the most hours on Lucio and Moira. But I am a plat support player. So I'm, like, kind of decent, I got to say. I got to give myself some credit. Kind of decent in the game. Yeah. And support. (laughs) So I'm like, support players, we need more of them. I know, right? Come on. Come on, man. I'm like, I, I think the, the character I have the most hours for right now is Zenyatta. And he's like Whoa. the only support I play. But I'm like, that's impressive, though, because Zen mains like you guys carry the team and people don't give you enough credit for it. You discord those enemy players. They're gone. They're done. They're done. So <laughs> but I feel like 
guys, give support, give players more <laughs> reps in please. general. Please. <laughs> You'll never know if you're playing with me or my. <laughs> and then we're just going to be like, yeah, you guys are not coming to me when you need heels. You are not getting an endorsement from me. You will not be getting an endorsement if you do yeah. not respect support players, please. Exactly. <laughs> That's the word of caution. <laughs> Endorsed by MSN. <laughs> The words of the video game, so I don't really understand <laughs> any of that. But I'm very fine. excited. I was really excited to know that you're like doing for brass and stuff because I started reading it recently, and I was just so like I heard the song and I was like it suited so well. It's such Yay! a good song. I just I'm so love glad. But recently you did your tour, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and I first time coming to Australia, so how was how was it? Do you like it? Oh my God. I loved it. I don't know what my expectations were, but they were just like, were blown out of the water. Like we went to Melbourne first, actually, that was the first city we played in. And I was so insanely jet lagged. I don't know how I managed to get through that day, but I was just blown away. Like, I think it feels, I was, for some reason, I think I was expecting it to feel a little bit similar to like New York city or like where I grew up in California but it felt really different still. The coffee was amazing. The food was amazing. All the people were really nice. Like I, I did the classic meet a koala. Like I just did like all the touristy stuff too. Like, I think it was, it was also one of the first times where I've been on tour and I've gotten enough off days to like really experience the cities that I'm going to. And I was so thankful that I got to do that in Australia. Cause you guys are just, it's a crazy country. It's so amazing to be able to go and visit. Like I, want to go back so badly i don't know when i'll be able to but i hope i can and all the shows were so fun too so nothing but positive things really yeah we will be waiting for you amazing i hope so <laughs> was there anything that in the tour that you think oh my god I, this was the most memorable thing that ever happened to me oh my gosh in the australia dates specifically i think when we played in sydney i had a cold that day and so I was like oh my god I cannot believe I'm gonna play a show and also it was pouring rain I think it was like in recent record like one of the highest rainfalls recorded in like recent years and I was like great this is fantastic that I'm playing a show on the day that it, the rain will not stop and the venue that we were playing in was literally leaking like they had like garbage bins around the venue to like capture all the rainwater and on stage there was like little buckets and everything too like getting all the drippings and I was like oh I cannot believe I'm playing a show tonight and like the venue's literally leaking. Like what if it floods? And Sydney brought like the most energy I've ever seen in a crowd before. I had the time of my life. I was also on a lot of cough medicine. So I was just like flying during the show. Um, but it was so much fun. And I think like, I think for me, it's such a touring can be really grueling. And so to have these moments where I can like be so excited to play these shows and feel a connection with the audience on that level, is so special. So yeah, I don't know. I think that was one of my favorite shows that I've ever played like in my life. And so I'm just excited to like hopefully have more experiences like that, even when the venue is maybe going to drown itself. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about that, I'm like, wow, maybe, you know, it might give a bit of ambiance, you know, the time that you go on YouTube <laughs> and you're just like, I'm in tune. But literally, I was like, I was like, it's the there's ASMR happening in this venue right now. <laughs> People are getting this waterfall backdrop to everything that I will be singing. <laughs> Exactly. It's I like know other show. One <laughs> but one show only. You get MS tune. Ambiance brain attention. <laughs> and then something, I oh got this could be slightly random out of like the whole like talking about your tour and music. Mm -hmm. Because something that I actually really enjoy content-wise that you put up is your 
Instagram and TikTok videos that you post, <laughs> like your little like mini like almost cooking series thing. Oh, thank you. I freaking love it. And your cat, <laughs> big fan, big fan. When can we interview? <laughs> oh my god, she's got lots to say. I'm sure she would love to speak to you. <laughs> big fan. But one thing I wanted to question you on is the video that you did about your top artists on your Spotify rap. My, I have questions. <laughs> yes. We need to get into it. Before addressing the elephant in the room with that <laughs> one, I wanted to ask, I guess, because you, your top five minus the one elephant, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to, we'll get to. Um, I freaking, the artists that you have there are like, peak chef's kiss love them the bits <laughs> and i was very curious about like what songs did you really like from those artists in your top five Ooh. so i think in my top five i had rina sawayama was my number one most listened to artist of oh, all of 2022 yeah. obsessed mm-hmm. with her i think she's incredible and i think it was oh no lizzo's about time <laughs> was my number one song probably along with a lot of other people in the world yeah i love lizzo too she's like one of my favorite artists i find her really inspiring i just think her presence is like incredible um but i think my top five songs were like kyoto by phoebe bridgers excess by rina sawayama this hell by rina sawayama um i'm trying to remember what the fifth one was i can't oh i think it was maggie rogers um one of her songs but I think like generally, so I love all those songs, but the fourth most listened to artist that I had for in the entirety of 2022, I scribbled out on any photo that I showed of it because embarrassingly, it was myself. I cannot, I think I've been on my own Spotify raft for like three years now and it's not something I'm very proud of, but I, I mean, like, it's kind of like some self-love, some self-appreciation. Please. It's it's when I release music that I usually end up listening to it on streaming platforms. So I like will listen to it on Spotify and be like, how does it flow? But then I'll listen to like, figure out what that sounds like over and over and over again. So much so that I eventually end up on my own Spotify. <laughs> that's that's you know i love myself i guess along with all those other amazing women that i mentioned (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and i mean it's like yeah it's just it's research guys it's just for research it's just research purposes yes (laughs) (laughs) and then oh my gosh i love how you mentioned the fourth one because now we're i'm gonna jump to your fifth one maya tell me why it's number five the glee cost I do not have a good answer for you. I think that I went through my Glee phase again this year. Like I, they put it on Disney plus or whatever. And I've just been watching it in the background of everything I do. And like, I have loved Glee. I was a watch. I was a viewer when it was airing for the first time. And I've been watching like YouTube videos about it. I've been watching clips about it. I think that it's one of my favorite shows and the music is amazing. Like, come on, the Glee cast can really sing. They knew what they were doing. So I listened to the like the show versions of like the songs that I love or whatever. And I have a lot of playlists dedicated to Glee songs. So I went through a phase with my friends where we were all listening to it too. And I think it just, the phase lasted a little too long and that's why they ended up in my top five <laughs> yeah and now you just like you must just exclaim that you're like unapologetically yes i do like i just Glee. have to be proud of it i can't hide it anymore <laughs> like yeah maybe i do listen to the smooth criminal cover a bit too many it's so times good <laughs> and watch the video again as like it's like everyone says it's like by panic that music video of like oh my gosh <laughs> them, oh my god my favorite is santana and britney's fierce cover 
yes Me against the when music yes oh my god it's so yeah. good that whole episode's amazing so so good <laughs> yeah like oh my gosh killing me like because <laughs> we're all day i'm sorry yeah we're apn here we're indoors all the glee fans you're safe here <laughs> this is a gleek safe space <laughs> <laughs> i swear <laughs> Okay, let's move into, I think, a question that for at least for our show here, because we're based in like Melbourne, Australia, we kind of tend to hear a lot of like stories about how like, especially like Asian rep in the music industry or like the media industry in general in the US is kind of like growing and growing or like at an all time high type of situation Mm -hmm. from our end. It's just like, that's what we tend to hear. And then when I interview other like local Asian artists here in Melbourne or like across Australia, it's a growth for sure. But it's definitely, I think, not in the same level and same rate, nor does it unfortunately have the same level of appreciation as it does in like the US at the moment. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering from your perspective as like an artist, how do you see the music scene heading at the moment for POC artists like yourself? I definitely feel like obviously things have gotten better. There's mm-hmm. so many more voices that are now present. I mean, Rina Sawayama, who's been in the music industry for a long, long time at this mm. point, like she blew up so much this year. She's my top most listened to artist. Like I think there are these incredible voices that are finding their way, especially within the Asian community to the top of like the pop charts or whatever it is. But I think there is also something to be said, like there is still a very disproportionate number of Asian voices that are occupying those spaces. And so, you know, I didn't see myself represented the four years ago when I started making music, but I can find myself represented now. But that's not to say that everyone is finding themselves represented. Like I'm a very small, one of many identities under the rainbow of Asian identity that can exist, that hopefully can eventually have somebody that can represent who they are and their culture and everything that they stand for within the music industry or pop music or whatever it may be. So I definitely think we're making strides, but I think there's always something that we can do to make it better. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we're headed in the right direction, but there's a lot of work that we got to do along the way. You look at it and you can be proud of how far you've come, but you just got to like roll up your sleeves and get ready for how much further you've got to push it. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's like a statement that I've heard like online before. Every person of color must think about how like, I guess if you're somebody who uh, benefits from the hierarchy and stuff like that, you know, cis, white, male, you have struggles and stuff. It's like, yes, you have a hurdle to go through. But if you are someone from a like minority group and stuff like that, it's like those hurdles become like tenfold. It's just like so much more barriers to big ground. And it's just like, yep, roll up Mm -hmm. the sleeves. We did one, but there's still like 20 billion more. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And I mean, do you feel like we're heading in like a, like a great positive upwards and upwards? I think like it's definitely trending in like a good way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I recognize the privilege that I hold within my own identity too, being someone who's half Chinese and half white. Like I Mm -hmm. carry a certain amount of white privilege that comes with my identity. Um, And I hope to have more spaces where, you know, people who encompass larger pieces of Asian identity or different cultures that I might not be familiar with can feel like they can exist in these spaces. I mean, we look at the music industry, I think specifically in the last year, there are a lot of 
Asian artists that are popular. We've got Olivia Rodrigo or Conan Gray or Mitski. And there's all these people that can talk about their identity. It's wonderful to see them represented and to be so successful in where they are. But, you know, I don't see people like Rina Sawayama that often in someone who encompasses like not not to say that it's any more or any less, but like a fully Asian identity and kind of making songs about her queerness too, or like whatever it may be. I just think that there are people I think that, you know, benefit from a certain amount of white privilege, myself included, and there should be more space made for people who might not have access to these same tools or same privilege or whatever it may be to come up in these spaces and be, have their voices be heard. So I think we're headed in the right direction, but obviously like years of racism can't be like undone in the night. And I, I think we're headed in the right space and having, you know, you guys hold these conversations and make these room for people to like talk about this stuff is part of the journey and part of the process. And so we're doing the right thing. It's just going to take a long time, but it's going to, it's going to take a lot of work from a lot of people, but I think we're, I think we'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that was such like a beautiful, eloquent <laughs> way to like, oh, like sum up, I guess, the whole like journey and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, that's something like I can really like resonate with. It's just like, it's great, we're getting there, but there's definitely still like a lot more work to done. And obviously, yeah, it is the way it is, but you just raised yeah. it in such like a <laughs> 11 out of 10. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Give me a participation award. No, I'm giving you a gold star. Thank <laughs> you. <that> <laughs> Lishba, take it away with the hopefully the next few questions. (laughs) As you know, 2020 is going to finish. It's really coming to end. I feel like it it went really fast. Mm -hmm. But are you kind of a person who makes like resolutions and stuff or I was actually like sitting last night trying to think of resolutions. I'm not normally somebody who does do that. I think for me, the new year has never meant a lot. I I celebrated Chinese New Year mostly growing up. And for me, that meant like cleaning the house and getting my hair cut. And I didn't really know that like the American New Year was something that was super important. But I think I've been trying to think about more goal setting. For me, it's always been really difficult to dream about things because I feel like I'm very easily deterred by all of the factors that will work against me in the process of trying to get something that I would really like to have. But I think there is an importance to like dreaming and being able to like allow yourself the space to think about the stuff that you really want to achieve in your life. And, you know, it gives you motivation to keep going. And I think for me, that's a tool that I'm really trying to build for myself, but it's not something that I've always had. So I'm trying. I think next year in 2023, I'm going to, my goal, ironically enough, is to set more goals for myself. So I've got to like, I got to work on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. And is there anything in 2020 that you think was very great, any achievement or anything that you think was very memorable? 2022. Oh my gosh, you're fine. I didn't even notice. No, I was like, I was like thinking, I was like, wait a minute, don't bring me me back back to 2020. No, I'm like, I think if I was proud of anything in 2022, it would probably be the touring. Like for me, I never expected to have the opportunity to to go overseas and play shows, especially not to go to Australia and play shows. And that was a really big moment for me. I think when I landed and I touched down in Melbourne, of just being like, oh my god. I'm literally on the opposite side of the world, like in a different hemisphere. Everyone has a different accent than me. Like, this is crazy. I cannot believe that I'm here. And it was really, I don't know. It doesn't often hit me, I think, at the level because I spend so much time online and looking at like a number on my screen. It's hard to make that kind of connection that 
those are real people at the end of the day. And I can think about that as much as I want to, but it doesn't hit me as hard as being in a different country entirely after flying 22 hours to get there and standing there and being like, oh my God, mom, I've made it. And I think that was something that I I was really, really proud of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like, again, once again, this whole thing, I'm like, you need to hold yourself more. (laughs) <laughs> like, that tour you essentially went like across the globe like let's yeah that's it. crazy that was wild <laughs> oh my gosh and I was like damn I wanted to get your ticket so bad for the Melbourne <laughs> one but from a like somebody the on the other side on the computer trying to buy a ticket the demand for you was crazy those tickets oh my gosh so I was like not expecting anybody to buy a ticket I was like two people could show up to the show or zero people could show up to the show I have no idea but all I know is I'm hopping on a plane and I'm going over there and I'm gonna <laughs> sing regardless of how many people are in that room <laughs> but yeah oh my gosh again from the other end the the demand for your show <laughs> crazy I was like well MXM too. <laughs> I'm party. flattered, but they, thank and now you. and now I'm in the full circle. So I'm like, maybe, maybe, maybe I win in something. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, I guess before we close off this very fun little interview we've had with you, I wanted to just ask like a nice, cute, short question of just what's coming up next for you, and just kind of like what's your hopes for the future, almost. Oh, so right now. I am getting kind of like the first months of my last four years where I've been able to like carve out time for myself personally, Mm. which is so exciting. I am hopefully going to do some personal travel next year so that way I can go and have those experiences that I had in Australia, but like enjoy them for myself, which is so exciting. Um, I've been working really hard since I was 17 years old. And so I'm 22 now and I finally get a little bit of a break. And so for me, what's next for me is sleep is learning how to cook better, maybe learning how to drive. I've been putting that off for a really long time. Same. Um, <laughs> I don't know when that will happen, but maybe I'll, I'll do it. I'm the same age as you. And I'm like, that car? I have no bus. idea. Um, but I don't know. I think like what's next for me is really open-ended. And that's one of the times, it was one of the first times that it's been like that for me in a really long time. And that's super oh. exciting. So hopefully that'll give me the space to come in with new energy and writing music and focusing mm-hmm. on a project after this that I can make even better than rising somehow um so hopefully you know more shows more music is always going to be on the horizon i don't know when that will be but Mm -hmm. i promise you it will be on the way at some point yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in the meantime (laughs) hopefully you have a fantastic break oh my gosh like you (laughs) so excited for you to just live life and again you mentioned like essentially a lot of your like like not childhood necessarily like food and like growing yeah. up is then like on the grind making music yes. seven. so it is fantastic that now you're like ah uh, now rest <laughs> I've been married to the game for a while I gotta take a break for a second <laughs> <laughs> totally understand what and again you have a fantastic <laughs> break and thank you oh my gosh thank you so much for joining us here on Asian Pop Nation Maya I it's seriously very surreal that we're here. And fun fact, this is our final interview of the year as well. So it's like, there is a best for last. <gasps> well, thank you so much for having me. Seriously, this was such a pleasure. You both are lovely. It was so nice to talk with you and get to nerd out about things we like. So thank you for having <laughs> me. This was um, really great. <laughs> of course. And for some of our listeners who maybe this is now their exposure to the world of MXM tune, <laughs> where can our listeners find you? They can find me literally anywhere online. I'm always with the username MXMTOON. 
mm-hmm. MXM tune. I'm there. I'm on the internet way too much. I use it like any other person, <laughs> chronically. Um, so if you want to look for me, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. Ah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. <laughs>